to the Fields of Fantasy Fantasy 5 Podcast with your hosts, Pestel and Ed. And welcome to the Week 8 edition of the Fields of Fantasy Fantasy 5 Podcast. The holy trinity of TH Fantasy Football, Pestel, Ed and Tom are with you on a Friday morning after Thursday Night Football. Have we seen the highlights of last night yet, gents? I've seen a few of the scores. They look, there's a few high-scoring fantasy wide receivers, maybe, that are maybe caught this morning. Kincaid did very well. We did speak about Kincaid on the main show. So, Bills beat the books 24-18. We're looking forward to watching those highlights when we finish work this evening. And it was, you're right, it was a good week for fantasy points. Josh Allen, 30.06. Baker, dangerous man himself, got 21.38. I had to put him in in a couple of places where I've had QB injuries, so I was quite happy with that. Rashad White, a player that I picked as a bit of a sleeper pick pre-season, starting to come good. 15 points last week, 17.9 this week, so maybe paying back a bit of that draft capital. Chris Godwin, 17.9. Mike Evans, 12.9. I think that's probably around the average. Those two are going to get split in 30 points each week, probably. However, the 324 passing yards and two passing touchdowns that Josh Allen raked up, was spread really well for Buffalo. So Gabe Davis had 23.7 points, Diggs 16.0, Shakir 15.2, and Kincaid 17.5. So a good week for fancy to start the week. And no, can I just say... You can. Who has um, Josh Allen in the fancy prop? It's oh, me. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. So that's a lovely start for me. No huge disappointments anywhere. Latavius Murray was the only player who massively underperformed projection 2.1, but we've discussed before, he's a touchdown-dependent gamble at flex. You're going to get weeks like that. You're going to get the occasional week of 8 or 10 points. Should we want with the main show, though, gentlemen? We're ready to do it. Plug and play QBs. This week's QBs, no new QB injuries last week. We thought... Then it turns out Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. And let's be blunt, nobody wants to start Sam Darnold this week. So if you had Brock Purdy, if you've been streaming QBs because of previous injuries, I've got possibly the least appealing three names I could give you this week who are streaming options. Can I just say, as a Bengals... Again? Uh, again, yeah, I've got a very opinionated this morning. Um, Bengals have got... An- Awful record against backup quarterbacks. We see a uh, backup quarterback will come in and they'll have a phenomenal game. So, oh, so I maybe would, you should I, that, play that, that could be a hot take. <laughs> that I would not be surprised if Sam Darnold had a ridiculous game. I'm going to start off with a very unglamorous pick, and that is Tyler Bajant, 9% rostered at the moment. Maybe one for deep leaks, but he has the Chargers this week, who are giving up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks, 23.74 and also the most yards passing to complement that. So he could get you through the week if you need to. Maybe that 15, 20-point ceiling, but unlikely. He could do a job for you. Bear with me as I work through these names. Derek Carr, rostered in 37% of leagues, he's got the Colts. The Colts games have hit the over in five out of seven games so far this season. We didn't expect that points bonanza last week. Carr threw the ball 50 times in week six as well and ended up QB 10 and 55 in week seven ended as the QB nine. He doesn't look appealing to watch when you're watching him week in, week out, but he's potentially the most widely available QB with top 12 upside this week as well, I think. And then to finish off, can he pick it? Yes, he can. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 23%. He's got the Jags who are giving up the eighth most fancy points, fancy QB, 17.67. So once again, most likely available in your league and could do a job. And that's what this week is about. If you're streaming a QB, it's a week of picking someone to get you through. 
and then moving on next week, most likely. Here is my weekly Jared Goff reminder, though. Despite a low week last week, he is still QB8 on the season and is still available in 13% of leagues. That's the threshold we say we wouldn't expect him to be available in our leagues because we're in leagues with, unfortunately, quite competitive fantasy players. But have a look. If he is available, if you're in one of those 13% of leagues and you can pick him up, that's going to be an absolute steal. And Kyler Murray due back soon and only rostered in 56% of leagues. Although he's off IR, he's got that out designation. So have a look at what is IR eligible in your league. Could be worth picking up. If you've got space on the bench and you are QB barren in your roster, potentially worth picking up as well. We don't know whether he's going to come back fancy relevant. We don't know. To be fair, Dobbs has done all right. He might not even see three or four games in the first couple of weeks, but he's worth looking at if you're in a tight spot. Time to get defensive. So for defence this week, I'm looking at a couple of defences that we, we've talked about in previous weeks, and they're still criminally under-rostered, really. And the first defence is the Vikings. Now, they just keep... Well, I'll keep banging that Vikings drum because they're the number six fancy defence uh, and they backed up that mammoth week against the Bears with a really solid nine points against the 49ers. I'd say they're probably the most improved defence in the NFL this year. So they're probably a defence that you want to pick up on waivers and then possibly stick with for the rest of the season. They're only 8% rostered. Now we talk about how much... 8%? De- yes, 8% rostered. Who are the top three defences in terms of being rostered, would we say? Cowboys, 49ers. Browns, maybe? Browns are, Browns are un, criminally under-rostered. They're about 65%. But when it comes to being a fancy defence, Browns are only top 13, so they're not yeah, elite. Right, right. So, yeah, Cowboys are there, but there are two others above the Cowboys. Ravens. Ravens, I think, are fourth. Number one is Bills. They're 96% right. rostered. Eagles. Yeah, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, Eagles are above them, 96.5% yeah, rostered. And then Cowboys are 93 So, for Vikings to be 8% is yep. just madness. Yeah. And similarly, the Jags uh, are another candidate for most improved defence. They're just relentlessly consistent. They're the number seven fancy defence. They keep you know, churning out double-figure scores. They've got the Steelers this week who rarely explode on offence. And the Jags are just 30% rostered. So, you know, there's more people in on them than the Vikings, but definitely available on waivers, I would say. This is wisdom Ed is giving to you that we can't cash in on because the problem is when we're banging on about these under-rostered defences, it means that one of us has them in most of our <laughs> leagues, doesn't it, unfortunately? Put it to the vote. Last week, vote-wise, we were looking at tight ends. Uh, and do you remember who was top? I wanted it to be Andrews, but we thought it might be Laporta, didn't we? It was very it was competitive, I thought, I remember. Yeah, not in the end. It, oh, okay. it eventually ended up being quite heavily skewed to Andrews. 51% of the vote. Sam Laporte came at 28%, and then Hawkinson coming at just 21%. Interesting. I mean, it was kind of what we expected, wasn't it? He is the number three tight end. Andrews um, looked really good on Sunday as well, which will have added perhaps some of that vote when it was going on during yeah. uh, during the Sunday slate. The, la- the last two weeks, Andrews has really stepped up, hasn't he? He's looked much more like the elite Andrews than yeah. we know he is. This week, we're going back to wide receiver. In this case, Dynasty. Oh, good job. Thank you. Been practising <laughs> for two weeks now. Uh, the three wide receivers I've picked were drafted fairly early, but so far disappointed. So who are we still interested in? Who do we think can make a difference perhaps towards the end of the season or obviously next year? So first of all, I've gone for Quentin Johnston. Signed by the Chargers. No, thank you. His highest finish this year is just wide receiver 77. He hasn't really flashed the ability to complete the NFL level yet. 
However, he is listed as the team's wide receiver too, due to the loss of Mike Williams, so lots of opportunity for targets. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, Mark was quite audible there. I just made a face, like a, funny, a funny face, which doesn't really work on podcast. But no, I mean, it may be this season, but certainly not next season if Williams is back and, and he's shown nothing really. But it was, it was, let's see what the other options are. You're not going to be that happy with any of these. Oh, okay. yeah. Just so we're aware. We didn't make it, I tried not to make it too easy. So number two, Jalen Hyatt, signed by the Giants. You know, their backfield's crying out for a wide receiver one. His biggest competition probably being Wondell Robinson or perhaps Darius Slayton. Mm. You know, neither of which are alphas. Yet his highest finish this year, just wide receiver 42. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm leading towards Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, the big man, Jonathan Mingo, signed by the Panthers, whose backfield was wide open at the beginning of the season before Adam Thielen's takeover. His highest finish this year, wide receiver 33. Obviously, Young struggled so far, um, but his supporting cast hasn't really helped. So who do you want in Dynasty? Who's the player we're going for? I mean, long term, I mean, I'm not enamoured by any of them. (laughs) Mingo potentially has the most upside because Thielen's 33, as we keep talking about, and I don't know whether he can continue at the level that he's been at. But yeah, I'd, I'd struggle to maybe Johnston because he's got the best quarterback. I don't know. I don't. I think know. Johnston has had that opportunity already and done nothing with it. We spoke about it on the main show. You look at the data points for him. Rookie wide receivers don't tend to go on to be successful when you have that start to your career. And I like to trust the data, but yeah, no one in there is is a great. I think I'd probably go Mingo and gamble on a bit of that rookie chemistry growing between him and Young, potentially. Could we have a none of the above option on the <laughs> yeah, poll? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's very likely, though. You know, teams do seem to be moving on much faster from yeah. their wide receiver. If yeah. they don't have this phenomenal start, they're just gone, aren't they? But all the polls so far have been, who do you want from these elite options? That's uh, more of a thing. No, I do like that. Yeah, I do. Ed, you'll be very excited about this next feature because it's a drop we recorded for the Sunday Night Bet Club last year for you and your love of the New York Giants last season. Oh, is that is it the hype train? Let's see. <laughs> All aboard the hype train. Ooh, I, li- I, I like that drop. <laughs> I've gone for a hype train pick this week. And although we will often let our biases slip in throughout the podcast, actual fantasy-wise, I rarely lean towards my Ravens biases for player pick because of being... Not let down by J.K. Dobbins, but being stung by J.K. Dobbins' injury, someone I went in very heavily on, and I don't like double misery on a yeah, Sunday double evening. double letdown. Yeah, yeah. But I'm starting up the engine. I am getting on board the Zay Flowers hype train. I was not sceptical the other week when you raised him at the start of the week. I was cautious because I've not had nice things at the Ravens when it comes to wide receivers before. It's just not happened during my time of following the Ravens and playing fantasy football. But what I'm going for in Zay Fives is the current wide receiver 24. He's surpassed 70 yards three times already this season. Not massive, but he's got Andrews there as well, and OBJ and Bateman. We weren't sure which way that would settle out. He's having a solid share of the targets each week, and the man looks electric on the field when you're watching him play. This week, the Ravens have got the Cardinals, who are averaging 40.1 fantasy points per week to wide receivers, the sixth most in the league, and are averaging 237.6 yards to the pass each week, 10th most in the league. This could be Dave Flowers' first week surpassing that 100 yards barrier. 
I think he's a great trade for target in Dynasty as well. There's been a lot of talk about how good value you can get from your picks next year for that draft capital. But we're seeing Zay Flowers actually do it at the minute and having a path to that. Regardless of what potential value there is there, it's potential value. And we've all made picks in the first round and early in the first round that resulted in nothing. So I think you've got a chance of having that trade for. I don't think he's going to be a target you can trade for a good value when we get towards the end of the season. So yeah, I think he's potentially on his way to being a proven commodity. I am all in on Zay Flowers to the point that I may even try to get myself a Zay Flowers Ravens jersey as well, just so I can drive that hype train at the front fully kitted out. Is this a bias creeping in or do we think I'm onto a, a winner with this train, gents? Um, I don't think there's a bias creeping in, but I think you've, you've almost highlighted the issue with Zay Flowers being a top-tier wide receiver in the sense that when you've got Andrews, when you've got Lamar as a rushing quarterback, when you've got you know um, a team and offence that changes up the play so much, he's never regularly going to get you 100 yards. I think he's, he's a really good wide receiver and he's made a difference. And I think he, you know, he'd be good as a wide receiver too, a flex option yep. in a fancy team. But I don't think he's ever going to enter the top 15 wide receivers in the league. But as a Ravens wide receiver and fitting into that team and that scheme, he's absolutely perfect and he's made a huge difference. I think we've seen Lamar begin to make that transition to a pass-first quarterback now. And he's spoken a lot about how that's what he wants to do. The Andrews impact, yes, is going to always be significant. And I'm not saying he's going to be an elite Wide receiver one week in, week out. But I think it's going to be well worth a watch. I mean, of the other rookie wide receivers, apart from perhaps Nakua, who's done better? Very good point. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot yeah. who are up. up, up, up. JSN's yeah, JSN's flat to deceive. Um, nobody's really impressed that much. I think you'd struggle to, to trade for him, really. Oh, no, I, I don't think it's going to be yeah. easy to acquire, but I think this is probably, you've, you've got a window where you've not got many more opportunities yeah. to acquire him at this stage. Let's finish things up. Beat the waiver wire. So a couple of wide receivers for you that I think will still be available. First of all, Demario Douglas, wide receiver at the Pats. He's only rostered in 5% of leagues, so he's very likely to be available. The sixth round rookie was really good in week seven. His best week so far, four of six receptions, 54 yards, and got a, a career high 11.4 fantasy points. He's had a huge uptick in snap percentage over the last few weeks. So he's gone up to 62%. His previous highest was 41% in week one. And he's got high speed. So that's going to mean touches. Can I just list the wide receivers in uh, New England at the moment? You may. <laughs> so Kendrick Bourne is number one. But then they've got, <laughs> it's almost like a wide receiver graveyard. They've got Juju, Tyquan Thornton, Devontae Parker, Jalen Rager, Keishan Butte, and Matthew Slater. There's probably some wide receivers. Oh, that's where they are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, he's not got, you know, elite competition, let's put it that way. So have a look if you're keen for someone to uh, slot into a flex spot. And similarly, Brandon Powell, not a rookie, the 28-year-old in Minnesota. He's another one benefiting from JJ being out. Um, he's virtually, well, he was virtually non-existent the first four weeks, but now he's fantasy relevant. The last three weeks, he's had four, three and four receptions. And so, you know, he could get you 10 points in a flex spot. He's got Green Bay this week, who we all know are absolutely rubbish. So, he's, so, he's, <laughs> so he should get similar action this week. So, yeah, if, if they're available, which they are likely to be, Brandon Powell and Demario Douglas have a look for them. So that's your slightly longer five morsels of fancy food for thought for the week. 
I will be away next week, so I'll be leaving the main show to Ed and Tom. You'll potentially have a Fantasy Five, potentially not. We shall see what happens over the course of the week. But that is all from us for now. Tom, would you like the honour? Yeah, why not? Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.